0: Welcome back to No (laughs) Bear Left Behind. I'm Brian in North Texas, chuckling it up with my good buddies. Uh, on with us tonight, we have Frank down in Austin. Frank, how are you? Doing well, Brian. Um, well,
1: bake some bread today.
0: Well, bake some bread, break some bread with us this evening on the cast. Along with Frank in Austin, we're joined by Willem up in Tulsa Town. Willem, how are you?
2: Good, Brian. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Um... I honestly tried to get tried to see if Parker could join us this evening as he's in Dallas. But while he's only a mere twelve miles away, he might as well be a lifetime away uh, as far as driving goes. So,
1: but he's in a bar.
0: Yeah, he he's is. In he's in a he's in a Chewies. He's not in a bar. He's in a fucking family restaurant that is connected to in the. Wait, but
2: why can't he just come over to your house?
0: Because it's I mean, so, no joke. It's about like an hour and a half drive.
2: Long that's insane. Why? Yeah. Uh, it is. Dallas well, sucks. Makes honestly, it Dallas. Life, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, to Tulsa. so no.
2: no.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. The way the way that Dallas designs the roads is like, well, because they need neighborhoods, right? So if if you had twelve miles be, whatever Austin or Tulsa level twelve miles, right? Because twelve miles for me is how far we are from downtown. That's a twenty minute drive at yeah. most. So. If that's what you're designing everybody for in a city the size of Dallas, yeah, no, you would have highways running through people's pools. I'm down <laughs> like with I that. Fuck them. We need to get around. <laughs> Fuck, fuck your pool. Well, yeah, I, just everybody I, would live next to a highway. <laughs>
0: what we basically do. I, I, to to Dallas's defense, and this is the only time that you'll hear me ever fucking say that, is I do live in a little peninsula of a lake. So in order to get uh, anywhere, you either have to drive around the lake in two directions or take a toll bridge, which doesn't really put you any closer to Dallas. Okay, so. that's fair.
2: No, and sometimes I mean, it's like, really expensive.
0: It is always really expensive. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. Now, uh, but I, hopefully there is still a possibility that I can meet up with him for lunch tomorrow. So that will be mm, that'll be that'll nice. Be nice.
2: Awesome. Yeah. That
1: would be awesome. Uh,
0: so, gentlemen, Frank and
1: Austin, are you drinking anything fun and exciting this evening? I am. So I know um, that everybody knows by now that Anchorage is one of my favorites, but another favorite is the Separatist uh, Project. So. I am having a. Let me just get the name right. Single hop IPA, okay. brewed with mosaic hops from Separatists, and <clears throat> honestly, another brewery. And I know Brian, you'd agree with this because you've you've had like two or three of their beers. It's consistent, well made, no bullshit beer. This is a very good beer. Um, not not too hoppy, but it's not juicy. You know, like it's it's a traditional. I would call it an East Coast IPA more than a West Coast because you don't get that piney kind of um, licorice-ish flavor that you get in West Coast. Like in West Coast, I get kind of like that pine oilness to it more so than I get from the East
2: Coast. That's the Redwoods.
1: I want to clarify
0: (laughs) just a little bit. So uh, the difference really between East Coast and West Coast is not necessarily the... Uh, well I mean I guess I guess you could be so I want to ask so are you getting juiciness from this beer then if you're not getting the resiny dank bitterness
1: I'm, I'm, I'm not but so you remember traditional east coast before the juicy movement was kind of dry so okay how so how,
0: how, how like it? you had a dry juice
1: is what I would call it dry juice
0: <laughs> so uh, like no, so, you're so, talking okay. like 60 minute IPA from dogfish head Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Uh no, I couldn't.
1: <laughs> oh. No, so so I guess maybe the simpler way of, of of explaining it is saying um west coast had a very distinct style with Sierra Nevada and whatnot. And to me, the East Coast was drier and tamed. So any anytime I taste something that's like, it tastes like the woods for me, right? Mm-hmm. It's like piney, kind of, uh, in 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 a, in a way, and a little bit more dank and a little bit more oily. That to me is the West. And then when you taste something toned down, not juicy but toned down, more uh, kind of um, representing a pale ale instead of an IPA, so closer I wanna- to the pale ale. That's what I would call. The East Coast. Okay. So uh,
0: you're you're throwing out terms, which I don't disagree with defining things. Uh, I just want to make sure we're defining them correctly. So East Coast IPA, uh, it's kind of got a a connotation now where you do have, like when you hear East Coast, you hear, you think of juicy IPAs, New England IPAs, hazy IPAs. I think what you're referring to is a more malt-forward beer that yep. has a balance from the dank bitterness that is associated with West Coast IPAs. And while you're not wrong in saying that Sierra Nevada does have some of those characteristics, um, it, it, like with their old school IPAs, so like Torpedo and uh sierra nevada Paleo. just
1: just to be clear i am only referring here to what i recall <laughs> before hazy east coast was yeah so east so east coast it's, it, it's tough to discern because now everybody is just juicy on the east coast that's not yeah what what so, they've made here is a traditional no, east coast uh, there's before no juicy was the thing ipa
0: that's just called an american ipa
1: fine then that's what well, it is that's
0: what i want to make <laughs> sure i want to make sure like what, what like because when i hear people talk about beers on beer podcasts i always yeah. like, just start throwing out any definition that doesn't match reality and i want to make sure that we're sure n- defining it and, and and understanding what you're tasting because honestly what it boils down to is what what's in that can that you just poured in your cup and like that's what we want to get to so but it's
1: absolutely but when, I, I think this is the the ipa that people have been missing right like it's the it's – the, while it is the American IPA, right, to your, to your point, American IPA was the definition of what we used to call IPA in this country, and then West Coast came up with their own thing, and then I think we moved to that definition, and now we're at the juicy definition – yeah, for the East yeah, East Coast. I I think yeah, it would be yeah. better
0: just to define it as to what it tastes like rather than definitions of what like iterations of things. That's yeah, why right. I was going with American IPA because it sounds like it is balanced. It is not dank and resiny, like you said, which is no, not at all. Which is one thing that I want to point out that if it is not, <laughs> if it is an American IPA like uh, like the traditional American IPA as you described, um, with Mosaic right. hops. Uh, Mosaic hops put off all those things that you said that beer does not taste like.
1: Yeah, it does not. So that's why
0: I want to sell. (laughs) That's why I asked. I want to make sure that East coast is, but you,
1: you, you do know, right. From having served me beer in the past, the, the, the oily resin flavor to me, Mm I am not a huge fan of. Oh yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, it, it just lingers. It lingers too long. You've got flavors that are in your mouth when you're trying to drink another beer. So I tend to stay away from those beers. This is something that after you take a sip five seconds, you're, you're, you're done. Like it's, you've had a sip of good beer. You know, it's good. You get your flavor profile and then you're done. So it's, it's a great beer. Um, I'll save you a can because I know this is something that you would appreciate. And just if ever you see separatists out there, Support them. They make very, very good quality beer. Um, it's Ooh. just consistently delicious.
0: Uh, and that's one that you got from Taver or Tavor.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, to Brian, I got 150 pounds of beer. I don't think I'm going to be purchasing any additional unique <laughs> beers for quite some time. <laughs> uh this is just all yeah, I don't think true. we covered that. But if you ever do download the Taver app or Tavor app, uh, be very careful when they say six cans. Just remember what six cans are when you go to the store, because sometimes they forget to send you shipments and then you get two months worth of shipments and you've ordered multiple six cans of multiple beers. Wow. And you sit on quite a bit of beer. (laughs) So my last shipment was in October or November and I got my December, January and part of February all three weeks ago. And it was, a significant amount of beer. I mean, the guy delivering it was like, uh, "Yeah, can you show me your ID?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And He goes, "I go, do you know what this is?" And he goes, "Yeah, I know it's beer." <laughs> I go, "Well, I just want to be very clear. <laughs> this is beer that's been due to my doorstep for about three months. This is not beer. It's why been accumulating." It show up oh. at
2: the same time. Now, <laughs> why did it all show up at the same time,
1: though? No, so I guess over Christmas they probably had some shipping logistics. Right, that, that wow. didn't quite align because they're using services that also deliver. Uh, it's like mom and pop logistics services, right? So you've got to imagine over Christmas time, they were backed up, catching up in January. Um, I just know that I kept emailing. They said, we're about to ship it, but we're waiting for availability. And eventually here in mid-February, they go, oh, your beer's coming. And then the guy delivering it Showed up with a stack of beer. I, I kid you not. Like you've, I mean, everybody's seen a dolly, right? Mm-hmm. A yeah. shipment dolly. I had a dolly filled <laughs> with beer. Show up to my front doorstep.
2: The guy thought you were
1: I offered out. to take it inside, and I was. Yeah, I was too embarrassed. I was like like no dude I'll just take this inside and sign this is
2: <laughs> like, this is 3 months of normal shipment to do they have... beer.
1: no they're they're it's a good company <laughs> they do they do they do their job it's not their fault that they didn't have shipment available no, they're using the right companies for shipment so for me I just found it very surprising that so normally my shipment is kind of 20 to 30 beers a month you know yeah um and and by 20 to 30, I rack up beer. So I normally have about six to 10 left at the end of the month. But there are things that are unique and that I want to keep. Uh, so we can kind of like, so one of the best things, and I don't want to go too far into this, but one of the best things that Brian did was give us a tasting flight of like multiple years worth of beer, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to kind of collect some of those beers so we can do the same thing. Um, and it, it, it works, but <laughs> it's a lot uh, of work in it. Isn't it? No, but it is a lot of work, but it also doesn't work when they deliver everything in one month. Yeah. So you're sitting there like, oh well, I would have had space for this had I known I didn't have space for it. Yeah. That's uh, uh, the, but now I've got three months worth of yeah, like it's just unplannable. Frank, it that's, Frank,
0: that's why I have three refrigerators in my house and two of them are specifically dedicated to beer.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's
0: it's it's a labor of love, Frank. A
1: labor of love. Yeah. I don't know. It, just, it was funny. I mean, the guy showed up. <laughs> I tried to explain in a way. And he's like, yeah, no, I, you don't have to explain to me. <laughs> and then he left.
0: He's I like, like, I just like, unloaded okay. a, a metric ton of dildos at your neighbor's house. So don't worry. Yeah. You don't have to explain anything. Versus,
1: to <laughs> versus the personal mom and pop delivery service who wouldn't even come up the driveway Without calling me an asshole. I'm just going to call them out right now. RLI to Logistics, San Antonio, delivering water softeners. Fuck you. All
2: right. Phyllam, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks still bitter. Big old can of stress now. <laughs>
0: Chewing on this nitroglycerin tablet. No big deal.
2: No, I'm drinking um, that's Boulevard right, Wheat. That's right. It's pretty good. Boulevard Wheat?
0: Oh, man. Yeah. I bought a six-pack not too long ago just because I missed it and how good it was. I love that beer.
2: It's a very solid beer. Very, very consistent. Did you, uh, so,
0: did you get it in cans? Yep. Do you, do you like the new can layout? Yeah. It's yeah, sick, it. isn't it? It's all Simple. black
2: yeah it's, oh, it's, really cool. it's fucking
0: Way better dope. than the old one hell yeah the one with the shitty bottles with a weird plow and fucking <laughs> stacks of hay on it for no fucking reason
2: yeah they're all <laughs> listen, listen, listen rebranding they're from, effort was they're, good.
1: From, they're from kansas oh so. yeah, i don't think I if you know everything in kansas frank no, is farming they don't do anything else there you know they're that from was Missouri. i actually
0: on uh one of the interviews that i had for uh a sales role. Uh, one of the questions was what state is Boulevard Brewing in? Yeah. And I go, are you serious? Uh, yeah.
1: They're Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Right? Uh, that's Missouri. <laughs> okay. I'm talking about the representing the state where the wheat grows. Nebraska? No so, <laughs> yeah, Nebraska and Kansas. Mm. So, um, it, it, Willem, have yes. you had the new
2: Boulevard? What? Uh, no
0: when you say Which new one? boulevard what are you are you talking about a new brand or are you making a joke
1: no 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 isn't that the 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 you said there was a light boulevard the other
0: no, day no blue moon
1: ah blue moon oh, i'm sorry <laughs> i get the confused. <laughs> you do oh, gee, you
0: do there is a new light boulevard though <laughs> it's uh, called easy sport and it is a um what's it called electrolyte blended uh like Blondale that they have okay is it good uh, I don't know. Never had it. <laughs> it's right. along the lines of uh, Sam Adams oh, no. 2. uh, 26.2. Yeah, and, yeah, it's good. And That's then, a good beer. Uh, Sequench ale, and yep, good beer. There's another one from Avery Brewing
1: out of okay. Colorado. Well, it's... I'm I'm gonna try that because I I love Sequench and I love twenty six point two. Like twenty six point two to me is um, very solid
0: uh i'm gonna tell you best of luck finding it Uh, hopefully they have it in austin still because i agree i thought it was really good but hey the people of dallas did not think so what's up
2: have you guys had that um ellie what is it ellie's dog oh
0: brown Brown ale Ale? oh so we don't that's avery we don't get that that down here but it is really good i've had it when i was in oklahoma
2: yeah, I had that the other day. That one was very, very good.
0: So that was actually, that's one of the, like, classic brown ales. if I'm remembering BJCP style guides correctly. That's okay. up there with Moose Rule as far as what a brown ah, ale yeah, should be. And
2: I really liked Moose drill as well. Moose Rule was
0: great. It's fantastic. Oh, R.I.P. Big Sky, R.I.P. Anyway.
2: Oh, they went under, huh?
0: Forget no, they just left
2: Texas. Oh. So, so, yeah. <laughs> People weren't buying the product. <laughs> As good as dead to you guys,
1: anyway. No, I just can't. Well, remember. I mean, it's Dude, obviously <laughs> no <laughs> half of the craft beer market was dead to Oklahoma like two years ago. Yeah, not, and then they started. Of if you it. don't get it, you don't know. <laughs> oh, just what it is, unfortunately. <clears throat> so, my my question, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember Big Sky Brewing? We just literally just talked about that. Yeah, I said so clearly, I do. So so. No, it wasn't Big Sky. What was the guy out in uh, Big Be- Big Bend? Oh Big yeah, Bend. <laughs> yeah. So you remember when we had the uh, yeah uh, the print the norm. the
0: the Wales Prince of Wales Prince of Wales yeah yeah.
1: Do we have an update on that?
0: It was good.
1: <laughs> no no no. So so I know that they had issues procuring their um, equipment to stay in business. Cause nah, they, they,
0: they had, they have equipment. They're in business. They just don't really have any reason to ship shit out of wherever the hell they are. Honestly, that, that no, they're, town, st-
1: they're still in business.
0: i last I heard. I mean, that little town, it was featured yeah. on that really shitty show on vice TV about beer, beer land. I say it's shitty because mm-hmm. the, the lady who is the host is a giant piece of shit. Um, anyway, that's personal opinion. Anyway, um, they were featured, the the town, whatever the fuck it is, uh, in Texas, was featured on that show where basically they go out and they find homebrewers who are doing crazy shit and then Meg Gill from Golden Road Brewing comes out and tastes their stuff and is like, oh, I want you to come out to Southern California and maybe try to make a beer with us, but you're going to have to come on TV and we're going to have to make it seem like it happened yeah. at the time that we're out here and not eight to ten weeks later. Anyway. Big Ben Brewing was featured on that, and they were like that town is like a hipster paradise. It's like Marfa, Texas. Called
1: Valentine, Texas, by the way.
0: There you go. It's like Marfa in that like they don't give a shit. We do everything that we find from the dirt and the earth and the sky. That's how we live, and we shower when it rains.
1: And let me tell you, they make some amazing
0: beer. Yes, they do make amazing beer however they're not making amazing beer that's sold anywhere where civilization is you have to fucking uh ride your ride your vespa out into the middle of nowhere and the low, your ev cars uh take them out there and uh, yeah, sure. charge them sure 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 i it just you, yeah. they're trying so hard to be different when they could just be themselves and be fine um does that make sense that whole whole town and and, and, but their beer is fucking amazing and the their head brewer that was out there for the longest time yon is a goddamn genius he's the guy who came up with uh the uh, the caucasian at texas ale project back in the day which is their white imperial stout and it did we know where
1: he went yeah he went to big bend
0: brewing that's
1: no do we know where he went so so right now big bend is not in business
0: oh so yeah that's news to me breaking news on nobody left behind
1: because if we can find yon again that man i'll follow produced, him he produced some of the best beers i've ever had
0: yeah i will
1: uh, f- he is an incredible brewer
0: i will follow that guy in his later hosen wherever he goes
1: yeah it's it's it, truly incredible i I had no idea that. So obviously, a baker, a brewer, and a candle chef—they're all individuals who have an incredible amount of influence on the product that they produce. And I had never experienced it in the beer world quite in that way. But I had the White Russian stout, and then I had the um, Prince of Wales. Prince of Wales, yeah. And both of those were just so phenomenally well crafted that you, you just can't, yeah, you can't back away from it. It's <laughs> support the baker, support the brewer, not the business. <laughs> yeah, if if the business fails, find the brewer. Uh, and
0: I feel like a, a complete jackass because Big Bin Brewing co- closed back in July, and I now that I'm reading the story. Uh, I think we might have talked about it on the podcast.
1: <laughs> we did, we did, we did. But it it was it so It the, builds the, a
0: three million dollar debt.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the story was that they were depending on the production brewery in Valentine. They had distribution, but they needed the uh kettles and they couldn't get it shipped because there was a big shortage of Yeah.
0: Oh, that's right. Brewery. The the Canadian yeah. uh stainless steel.
1: Correct, yeah. and they, they failed because they had given them a prepayment of like $1.2 yeah. million dollars to I get know. that shit down here, and they filed for bankruptcy in Canada, and they will never see that money again. Nope. So,
0: I remember the story now.
1: Yeah, but I, I met Jan here at the, the Growler Express.
0: I um, literally met Jan in wearing leather pants. So.
1: Yeah, just a great human being. <laughs> Honestly, like you're dealing with someone salt of the earth, knows exactly what he enjoys doing and does it every single day of his life. Uh, Pretty awesome.
0: So Jan is actually, he, I just did a quick uh, Google search of Jan Matysiak. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he did, uh, he did a presentation uh, at a university in Europe back in January about... Uh, inorganic and analytical chemistry. Yeah. Dude's pretty fucking smart.
1: Yeah. No, he's absolutely... Like, when you talk to him, he goes... So, w- when I had the, the Prince of Wales here, they had a little... Um, what do you call the little keg? Like, the tiny one? A six-barrel or a,
0: a, a, a firkin? They probably...
1: Firkin. Yeah. so
0: Firkin's the fun thing to do.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, they had a little firkin out here of the Prince of Wales. And when, when I talked to him, I was like, you know, it's, it's really smoky. And if you remember, that was like a pastry stout, but it wasn't, it was like, it was Mm -hmm. the weirdest pastry. We had that in New Orleans Mm -hmm. and it was the strangest pastry stout because it wasn't super sweet. Like all of the pastries you've had before tastes like you're eating a donut. And that thing was just perfectly balanced out with all of the hints of ever it, it was kind of like a pastry stout in the sense that a donut and a a a funnel cake are the same thing but so one is way sweeter you know
0: so you're calling out some things that i while i agree with i want to make sure we're clear on naming what sure. you tasted was a pastry stout and that's how pastry stout should taste all the other shit that's out there that tastes like funnel cake or that tastes like uh a stack of pancakes drizzled and got yeah, yeah, yeah. Br- like melted brown sugar that is not how pastry stout should
1: taste but that's that's what people are used to
0: and well and that's th- just because people are used to it doesn't
1: mean that that's right got it yeah. so what i'm trying to define is a pastry stout that doesn't taste like you're licking a lollipop yeah, i guess
0: that would be a well-made uh milk stout is what
1: you would be looking yeah. for yeah and and that was that defined what this man was doing to me. Oh yeah. Right? Like, he was fantastic. It's just it's well balanced. So the fact that he goes and gives speeches on chemistry and uh he's beer making and, and whatnot genius. is just he's absolutely a predominant expert in that field. If you can find any any brewery that he partners with, buy the beer. Buy the beer <laughs>
0: early often, because you yeah. will not be disappointed. That's that's the shit that that gets me fired up and like ready like Make, help! I enjoy that type of that, that part of this industry uh, are people who do their shit and do it really like better than anybody else uh, and the part that I hate most about this industry are people who put out shit beers over and over again and it ends up defining a fucking style incorrectly and mm-hmm. and because I correct you, I don't want to come across like I'm trying to mansplain to you, Frank, but these are the conversations I have on a daily basis of uh, people. No, coming no, no.
1: Hey, first off, let's get something clear. You are on this podcast, the predominant expert on what we're talking about. So there's no mansplaining here. This is explaining from a point of view <laughs> that I use to explain financial matters. Yeah. If people want to take offense to it. That's fine. But we do have people on this cast that have some expertise, sometimes deeply rooted and decades long, even though we're all in our thirties. Yeah. Um, decades long that are well-formed opinions. These are not individuals that just get on and talk about shit. So when Brian talks about beer, you probably should sit down and shut up and just listen <laughs> for a while. And then if you go do some research and you can prove them wrong, then do that. But until then, maybe just listen and try to figure out what's going on. So that's what I do, because I have opinions on beer, but my opinions are not well-founded. And that's why Brian corrects me regularly. And that's just how it goes. Uh,
0: With that wonderful lead-up, Frank, I appreciate that. Um, Can I tell you what I'm drinking tonight? Sure. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess. After that wonderful wonderful lead-in, I'm drinking... Key Lightful from Keystone Light.
1: <laughs> hey, how is that? I saw that in the store, and it looked like Pepe the pig. Uh, so the it's, so a, dumb.
0: it's a pig, it's or like it's a bulldog. pug. It, That's, it's sick. It's a pug looked, wearing sunglasses. I, I looked at that
1: from afar, and I was like, oh, no way. No, and it looked like Pepe the pig It's to me.
0: tight. No, it is Key Lightful with a little pug pug dog with uh, sunglasses on. And check it out. He's got the Keystone Mountains right there in the old sunglasses. All right. Does that
1: tell you how cold the Keystone is?
0: No, but they are coming out with cold-activated cans later on this year, and I can't wait for it. But uh, this beer is the answer to Natterday, obviously, and I like it. I like it. This is my fourth one tonight.
1: (laughs) Okay. So is it is it raspberry concentrate?
0: Uh, Oh god! There's nothing natural about this beer at all. As a matter of fact, I think it might say contains natural Natterday. Yeah. Okay, beer with natural flavors. That is, I, they didn't have the balls to put natural flavors in quotations. Yeah, it's raspberry plus lime plus beer. Key lightful.
1: Okay, so really what we're dealing with here is people want to go back to I, Leinenkugel's. That's exactly what I was going to say.
0: This tastes like fucking uh, some Berry Shandy variant.
1: Yeah, it's so Leinenkugel's got their whole start. With fruited beers. And specifically, what was the raspberry one? Berry Vice. Berry Vice. Berry Vice
0: was our our go-to.
2: The Fruity Pebbles one. No, that was Sunset Wheat. That was Sunset Wheat. Sunset Wheat? Wheat? No. No, don't give Marshall a bad name.
1: No, no, that's no. not a Marshall beer. No, that's, that's not a Lining Marshall. Google's beer. Lining Google's no, is,
2: Sunset Wheat is Marshall. Uh, that's it, fine. It, it, be, that it might, all, might be, but it,
0: but, it, but it was Sunset Wheat is the Lining. Billum, Villa
2: Villa
1: Sunset guys. Wheat. Sunset Do you need to wheat. rewind where, where Frank was talking <laughs> earlier
0: about me and beer? I don't know. Villa you know. <laughs> Villa. <laughs> okay. Sunset, yeah,
1: I'm, sun- I'm fucking with you. Yeah. Sunset Wheat. Was uh, uh Lining Kugels when Marshall's was still served at the White Bar and Shut. Bar? God okay. damn it, god okay. damn it, right. Frank. Ooh. Ooh. y'all can't see it
0: at home. Oh, I'm stretching what? my it's neck Marshall's out.
2: Marshall's sundown wheat, so like <laughs> double burn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, burn on who,
1: yeah? <laughs> I don't, me. I'm not sure. <laughs> me,
2: obviously, no, I know, I'm
1: just kidding. So, yeah, no, so, so sunset wheat is the Lining Kugels. Fruity pebbles, but the uh, the uh, berry vice, yeah, that was that was so berry vice is so sweet now that you're kind of in like a i don't know, it's it's almost like you're drinking raspberry juice with a touch of fermentation, you know, uh, it's like. No, because then
0: that gives people the idea that you're drinking like some kombucha situation and I, it's I not. get it,
1: but it's not. No, it's not the sourness of kombucha. Like it's just. I know, but it tastes like raspberry suckers that had alcohol in it. I guess, I, I don't know how to explain it's it, but carbonated it's, it's it raspberry, really sweet. Fake really
0: carbonated sweet. raspberry juice or carbonated sure. fake raspberry juice. There you
1: go. With alcohol.
0: A touch like, of alcohol, like 4% yeah. alcohol. Remember we used to mix yeah. half honey, half berry vice? And we call it a honey berry. Do you not oh, remember like, that?
1: Wait, half honey?
0: Half honey vice, yeah. half berry vice.
1: Okay. Honey vice, yes, yeah, sorry. I heard half honey. I, was I like, did. It's I don't remember honey. us having the money to go half honey. <laughs>
0: No, we weren't made of money. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> We're going to make another drink. Here's an entire vat of honey in here. Can, I just
0: want to read this to you, okay? This is from the <laughs> Line and Kugel's website at liney.com. Okay? The description of Honey Vice is a traditional American vice beer with a touch of real Wisconsin honey. I'm sorry, touch of of real Wisconsin honey. All right. Here, Blah, 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 World Beer Cup in 2002. Good fuck. Why are you even still listing this shit on your website of winning a shit beer award from almost two decades ago? Here's the deal. It says pairs well with Mexican dishes like nachos and beef burritos. What the fuck? What kind of beer pairing is that? You just gave me literally a Taco Bell beer pairing. Maybe that's what my next video would be is... Pairing honey, vi- like Lining Kugels, or just in general, like a beer website food pairings with Taco Bell items. I think maybe that's what I'm gonna end up doing.
1: <sighs> so,
0: cats out of the bag. Sorry, I just thought that was a really shitty beer pairing of nachos
1: and burritos. No, it sounds terrible. Yeah. Lining Kugels has good beer, oh, and fantastic. they have some beer that would really cater to a college crowd. Barry <laughs> Vice is one of them. It's an introductory beer. If you like shandies, that's what you like, and it's one step above a shandy when it comes to the beer spectrum, right? It's like not half and half. It's like no. Eh, mm-hmm. We kind of beer. Mm. We're veering towards beer without being beer, um, mm. and that's that's kind of the thing that I'm 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 intrigued by because it drew us into craft beer.
0: Would you be intrigued by the Harvest Patch Shandy? It is Maybe. a is a crisp. <laughs> Hold on real quick.
1: It no, is it's a, a pumpkin vice. It's a
0: crisp vice beer with natural pumpkin spice
1: flavor. I don't like pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, probably <laughs> a no for me. <laughs> That's
0: a no for me, dog. Oh, uh, let's uh, see.
1: Cinnamon and cumin. Uh, you Nut, just, nutmeg, I mean, nutmeg, nutmeg allspice, and, and clove. Right. No yeah, cinnamon. No, fuck that. Yeah. Uh, well, it, no, allspice has cinnamon it, in it. It it's pairs
0: well with spicy beef chili or caramel flan. No, thank
1: you. No, I, if fall beers to me, Oktoberfest or get the fuck out. Don't add cloves to it. Don't add spice to it. Make make the beer in the, like, true... Traditional uh, sense. Traditional fashion, and I will drink it. But in America, they're like, oh, this has to taste like maple leaves and fucking mm. uh, the time before <laughs> snow and da-da-da-da-da. And you're like... No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It just needs to be a little malty and then maybe not bitter. And then we're good. Like I, me.
0: I'm telling you. So Lining Googles. Now that we're talking about Lining Googles. I want to f- go find some of these because I miss them. Like Lining Googles Canoe, canoe Paddler Kolsch. It's a, Ooh, a rye kolsch and it's fucking phenomenal. It's it, like, legit good beer. Has legit credentials is fantastic. Their Oktoberfest is really good. It is very
1: good. Snow, but it's not spicy. No, not snow, spicy at all.
0: Snowdrift vanilla porter. I know Frank, mm-hmm. you don't like vanilla, but you do love vanilla porter. No,
1: that that is not vanilla. That is a very muted vanilla porter. We're not talking about crème brûlée here. As Creme. long as you're not crème brûlée, we're good.
0: Willem, do you remember that night when Frank decided to pronounce crayon brulee like, yes. <laughs> like he was a Listen, seven-year-old child living in Alabama? <laughs> that
1: was funny. <laughs> Summer Shandy,
2: great beer.
0: Uh Oh, no, you pronounce it correctly in honor of Sir Parker, who's not on this cast tonight.
2: Summer Shade.
0: No, incorrect. Frank, do you know?
2: Shit. Uh, Sh- Summer
0: Shania Twain.
2: Oh, nailed it. Fuck. I couldn't remember. There
0: it is. Congratulations, Frank. I'm so proud of you. He w- Parker's shedding a tear in a Chewy's uh, bathroom yeah, definitely right now. Mention it I don't know why he's in the bathroom, but that's what came out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Uh, well, that's, that was a 34 so, yeah, minute so beer talk. The that's Summer Shine
1: Twain is a great beer. Yes. Um, Oktoberfest is great. But you know what I like about them? They've been doing craft brewing for. Decades now, I guess. They're probably from the 80s.
0: Dude, and the, the L- Line of Googles, even though it's got a sketchy story, the Line of Google family does date back to the like, late 1800s, early 1900s in Chippewa sure. Falls. And if, if, if you
1: If you have the ability to get your hands on their beer, oh. they are mass-produced, mainly distributed in the Midwest, but they are in every way, shape, or form, respectable to Sam like it's oh I think it's insulting that people go oh wow there's like Kugels." they they kind of like they're getting the hams treatment in the world mm-hmm. you know well, they're getting the blue it's moon, moon very treatment good they're, they get
0: the blue moon treatment because Miller Coors bought them at about the same time that blue moon they bought blue moon and the difference is that blue moon is brewed kind of all across the country whereas Lining Kugels is still brewed in Chippewa Falls Wisconsin mm-hmm. by the, the same, same brewers same brewers
1: and so I, I just don't, and the Liney Lodge, like it's you can go across, sick. <laughs> huh?
0: It's fucking sick. Like it is. There, there are a few things about Wisconsin that are legitimate. Uh, fucking, uh, Liny Cougars and what the fuck? Why uh, New Glarus? Those are basically the only two.
1: But uh, well, and the the ones that do the uh, spot a cow. That's New, is Glarus. That New Glarus. Yeah. Okay, so. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the Midwesterners are not going to get fucked out of Miller and anything else. So you already did that with Miller. They understand what's going on. uh They know good beer, grain belt, great Pilsner. They don't really make anything else that's good. Um, you're dealing with liney. They've made fruited beers for a long time. That has been very good. Uh, and then, yeah, New Glarus always makes good beer. So you're not going to go wrong in the state of Wisconsin, which Kansas. I do believe last year came in as the number one alcoholic state in the country. The drunkest state in the country per capita. <laughs> drunkest. Yeah, yeah, not alcoholic, but no. drunkest, meaning they drink more per capita than any other state. Ja. um If you're dealing with a state like that, they do know what to drink. And, and New Glarus up there sells incredibly well. Um, along with Lion and Googles. And then every once in a while, you get yourself a... uh, uh ah, damn it. I just forgot. I had it in my mind. The the brewery out of uh, Minneapolis that it's does... Summit Surly? Uh, Which one are you Surly. Okay. So, yeah. So every once in a while, you get yourself a Surly. They're kind of appealing to national audiences more, but they don't have the production. And their beer is inconsistent. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. Just prize your 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 new and your Lining Kugels because Surly's not good enough to go national. <laughs> <laughs> They're not big enough, and we know that Summit tried and they just didn't. You know, just, it didn't suck. Fucking Summit is a great fucking beer. Great
0: Northern Porter and Saga IPA are my two. Is Saga
2: isn't isn't going. Isn't the whole point it's micro, right? Micro brewery. No, That's not like, necessarily. Well, it's supposed really. it's to just
0: be local. It it could be, but here's the deal.
2: Does <sighs> everything it, have to go national?
0: It doesn't. It can stay craft and still get widely distributed and still be good beer other places, which is why I almost fucking I want to strangle your brother-in-law every now and then when I think about that conversation where he was like, "I don't want Sierra Nevada, I'd rather drink what's next to me." And I explain, you know, when I tried to explain what ne- what's next to you is not always good. Whereas Sierra Nevada is always good. <laughs> I see. You see, yeah, you see the contradiction, like the, the 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 fallacies that you can build based off of just assuming that what's near you and what, what you can see being made is always better than what's being made afar.
2: Absolutely. Okay, there is an argument to be made for the resources it takes to transport something away from near you. To that wasn't it. the argument. <laughs> that's <laughs> not the argument. <laughs> if that's that was the, not the discussion here. The discussion was a straight up and up face profile.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, No, because if we're going down to it, Willem, I will die on the hill of Guinness uh, and the ability to get Guinness from Dublin, Ireland to me. I I will die on that hill every time because there's nobody in this world that makes that beer like they do. Ship it. Yeah. But the
1: the Saga IPA, Hmm. We, we get back to the original discussion. Yes. Is... If you're in the north and you see Saga on tap, it is what Harpoon should be. It is mm-hmm. what a mass-produced IPA should be. It's it's so freaking balanced, so good. Um, you'll you'll understand why people in Minnesota and Wisconsin and that's about it. <laughs> Uh, understand the value that summit represents yeah. summit is a very good brewery um, they don't have good distributors that's what it is I but uh, the beer that's is phenomenal. The case. when you uh, can get the beer
0: in the way it should be it's very good so i remember we went through almost a case of saga one night uh, we went through a, almost a case of saga and a full bottle of honey whiskey uh, hold on it was the
1: first time we found saga
0: it wasn't the first time. So it was like found a, saga. it was the it, first. It was.
1: time no
0: no. Uh, it was the first time you were at my apartment when you found Saga in North Texas. <laughs> okay, I'd been for drinking me, Saga for a while. <laughs> it was the first time you found me, Saga it outside was the first of first
1: time. I saw Saga and I go, Brian, you have to try this beer. And I bought it. It happened to be a good day because I, I, I from what you. I'm gonna told stop me, you right there.
0: I, it didn't. It was new. <laughs> it was brand new to the market. Uh, okay. And it, but
1: it, it ended up sitting around for a long time, didn't it?
0: Y- no one was buying it. Yeah.
1: Yes. It ended up sitting on shelves. But, yeah. um, yeah. So we did the whole saga experience, and when it's fresh, it's hard to beat for for the price. No,
0: I mean, it, 12 buck. It did for it, twelve bags? It, was it, terrible. it didn't even matter what price it was. It, it's a great fucking beer. Yeah. I was getting it more into that night. Do you remember that night at all?
1: It was no real dodgy. Jog the old memory. It's been <laughs> what ten years now, almost. It was like seven years for sure, at least. <laughs> uh,
0: because yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> because uh, Derek was in town, or Derek was over at our house or at our apartment in yeah. Louisville, and you were visiting, and it was during football season, and you yeah. me and Derek decided to go out on our balcony and do the ROTC push-ups for every point that we scored in that game. Do you remember that? You all you all brewed earlier
1: in the day uh, on the patio. We,
0: yeah, we brewed on the patio. I had a keg yeah. of 7.5% double IPA tapped in the, in the refrigerator, in the kegerator in the closet. And yeah, we went out. And yep, yep, yep. I recall that. It wasn't, you know, it was even beautiful, more beautiful. It wasn't even my kegerator. It was Derek's kegerator. I think. <laughs> I was. You need a room. I was storing. I was that's storing Derek's brewing equipment. I think it might have been his kegerator. It may have been mine, but I know for sure I was storing all of his brewing equipment in my apartment. Uh, and that's why that's we brewed that good. day. But no, we got so shit. Yeah, that's too good. We got so shit house that everybody ended up sleeping at the in the one bedroom apartment, <laughs> just scattered throughout on all the floors.
1: It was easy. It was easy. We were much. I'm gonna younger. rest my head on this uh, mixer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm See
1: just, you in the morning.
0: I'm just gonna lay on this pile of broken glass and cans. Oh, this is yeah. this is comfy. This is what I want. We'll
1: figure it out. We'll figure it
0: out. Uh, and then I woke up the next morning. I had to go to work at like eight, and I had to climb over bodies and pizza boxes. And when I got home. I was surprised to find that no one was at my house including my wife and the apartment door was unlocked <laughs> and no one had cleaned up any pizza boxes because they were all in the same place it like they were mar- like pizza boxes and bottles and like just general trash we're marking where bodies were laying on the floor. It was yeah. like a crime scene that was just, Oh, Oh, they're cool. They removed the bodies. That's I appreciate that. That's good. That's, that's good.
2: Happens. That's good. That's not how, how happens.
0: But the beauty so, of a one bedroom apartment, it took like five minutes to clean up. And I was like, Oh yeah, we're better now. We're good.
2: <laughs>
1: so, okay. So, uh, reminiscing about beer, beer stories. Let's, uh, quickly discuss a less reminiscent, uh, or I guess an item that requires less reminiscing uh, in Super Tuesday, oh, so okay. Uh, <laughs> that was no a terrible I, transition, but I like it. Go ahead. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to like be be harsh. You know, I'm a Democrat that'll vote blue no matter who. <laughs> um, Don't laugh like so, that. <laughs> no, simply because it's it's more important for me to get the evil devil out of the White House right now. Yeah, uh, than it is to. So I think the primary is a perfect opportunity to state your point. And that's why I voted for Bernie Sanders. But it is not your in your best interest to not follow through with a vote for whoever the candidate is. Right. right? That's my opinion. Uh, so I voted for Bernie. I really want the progressive wing of the party to understand that most people are for Medicare for all, all the stats proved it even during the, 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 so in Texas we had these additional questions to the primary ballot Yeah, and they were all like, would you be okay with people having healthcare if they needed it?
0: I'm glad you brought that up because (laughs) another question was, do you believe in equal rights for all all humans? And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, I feel like a real asshole if I said no.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah, do you want comprehensive immigration reform? So it was – Do you, do you it, think they, – they, poll- are, they are very, very leading questions. Yeah. But in the end, uh, you still get from – I mean, people are smart. They understand what they're voting for here. Right. And you still only get a kind of representative majority answers in the yes column. You don't get 95. You get 65. You get 59. You know, like it's still people understand what you're trying to get to. Um, so even though you're asking incredibly leading questions, uh, it's, it still yields the result that you kind of would, it's not skewed enough to where it would matter. Um, so in the democratic primary specifically, because I'm not, and probably will not ever be a Republican, um, (laughs) you're dealing with it on both fronts that are flawed, right? So it's, it's a guy who, um, and Joe Biden has a lot of baggage uh, and will have to be represented in a capacity defending that baggage. And then you've got Bernie, who has a lot of fantastic ideas, but has always uh, associated himself against uh, what, what, what he represents as the establishment. And I understand why he does that. But at some point to win something, um, you do need to kind of understand who's going to vote for you. You know, like not everything is a fight. If, if the party is already moved and that, that was kind of my problem with him this cycle, even though I voted for him. Uh, once you've moved the party's platform as much as he has done and he can single handedly claim and the history books will always show that he single handedly moved this party from Obamacare to Medicare for all, from no assistance in college tuition to uh, almost tuition-free college, Uh, you know, like, he's done that. And no one else can claim it. No one. Um, The fight at some point becomes getting elected. It's no longer just the fight. And it seems to me as though... he's kind of lost perspective in when the fight is worth not fighting in public, but getting elected and then fighting, you know, like it's just, it's one of those nuances that, that I find very interesting because I, I really think his ideas are what uh, uh, our, our generation will talk about going forward as being a foundation of the new society that the party has the ability to create. I, but it's not defined in the manner of a fight. Always. It should just be defined in the manner of like, let's win. And then we fight, you know, like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't, no,
0: I mean what what you're describing is like uh, a goth kid running for student council president in high school. And while he has great ideas and great follow, like he has good intentions on everything, and it, it aligns with everything else in the school, he's so busy saying "fuck you" to the rest of society that he's not willing to budge on any of that in order to gain the one percent vote that he needs to go to sure. the majority.
1: And it's and it's not it's not it's not even budging. It's about saying I acknowledge. And Mm -hmm. I I get that Bernie is a very likable guy for a lot of people. To me, he's likable. And I also understand that he's not necessarily likable to a lot of people. Right. And I'm not talking about the billionaires. No. That is the the class I don't think we're going to get to fight if Joe Biden wins. And it's unfortunate. Because I I talked about this Super Tuesday to to, to friends of mine. I said – I mean, I had some people over to watch the results and I said, you know, the saddest thing here is that older Democrats are going to see this as the defeat of what they see as socialism. And they simply don't understand that this will never change the social dynamic that has inherently imposed the belief in our generation that capitalism is broken so socialism will only gain more favor and what you're dealing with here is a generation that's willing to give you a buyout clause of 2 to 3% wealth tax and a tax on financial transactions but in the future that's going to be a 10 to 20% wealth tax and a 5 to 10 financial transaction tax like these opinions are not dying just because you want them to die wealth inequality is not going away Individuals are not all of a sudden going to be able to afford homes just because Joe Biden is the president. And that's what the Democratic Party in the next four months need to realize. It's not about it's it's not about who's the candidate. It's about what they support, what they stand for and what the platform of the party is going forward. And if you don't understand that individuals are suffering, they're not able to make ends meet they're not able to understand what their future holds or entails because they can't afford it. You're out of touch and you don't get it. And you don't understand why at the young end of the spectrum, we're sitting here and we support socialistic tendencies, which fuck it. I'll probably support my whole life, but we're supporting it en masse like 80 to 90% because capitalism fails people. It only lets individuals win if they can cheat the system and if they have something that is so unique and have so much support behind them that they become the shit in town. But let me tell you for every Mark Zuckerberg, there's a MySpace, there's a Friendster, there's hundreds of individuals who tried that exact same idea. And for whatever reason, Facebook worked and Mark Zuckerberg cannot even tell you why it worked. It just caught on at that very very moment. If you're going to find these people as genius in some capacity, you're missing the point and you're missing the methodology of why capitalism works. Capitalism doesn't work because you're a genius. It works because you're introducing a market to something that they have a demand for at that point. And it's virtually undefinable. You just keep testing it until you find that something. And some people find it at 20, 19, 25, 40, 60, 94. whatever. And some people never find it. But just because they don't find it doesn't make them dumb and doesn't make them worth less than the person that defined it on accident. So that's, that's the party. If the party doesn't believe that, right? and you believe making, uh, in making idols out of the individuals who have stumbled into these situations, then you're losing the idea of what it means to be a democracy. You're just going to be an aristocracy, making idols out of individuals like monarchs are. Like it's just what it is. You just happen to have more people that make it there than a market monarchy does. So,
0: I voted for Elizabeth Warren.
1: (laughs) I I I, no I I so I I did too until so my my entire philosophy was Warren until I saw what they did to Biden over the weekend, and I was like fuck this if this is how you're gonna kill the progressive movement, I'm going straight, burning like I'll just go to the extreme and you can figure it out but it's bullshit that what Democrats tried to do over the past four days before. Super <clears> Tuesday, <throat> So I guess the past six days just entirely served to negate any movement that wasn't moderate in the party. And it, it's not, it I'm not saying it's you rigged. You I'm not saying it's what the people with power in the party have the ability to do, but I'm going to tell them, fuck you and vote for the person who they hate the most. Why do you think, and you think they hate
0: them the most because they don't stand for progressive
1: views? No, I think they hate, I think they hate the Bernie's and to an extent the Warren's because Warren didn't get the support that she deserved when she was the lead. Um, I think they hate those movements because they don't represent a equal tax, taxation uh, uh, movement like I think the Democratic Party likes to pander to the idea that everybody should pay their fair share in taxation but I think the party accepts donations and mass from individuals who don't ever have an interest in paying their fair share so if you keep accepting donations from Amazon, Facebook, the tech companies like fucking Buttigieg went out and hoarded himself out for how could you ever expect those people to come back to your party and to your platform and say they owe taxes? How could you? It's not it's not possible. Like, I wouldn't even do that to my closest friends, let alone my neighbors, let alone, you know, like once you talk to someone and you have a personal relationship with them, how can you go back to them and say, yeah, by the way, I fucked you. Sorry. Sorry. Just like you know, this, but, you gave me
0: money because you believed in what I stood for and what I said, and what I stood for and what I said was that corporations would get taxed at their proper rate based on like their level of income, and sure. that's how you do it. Because this—that's
1: you know, not—that's not been a promise that Biden has made.
0: That's not been a promise that anybody has made, and that's why grassroots campaigns like gain more trust, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's why we, we put trust in those, in the Warrens and the, and more importantly, the, the, the Beddows and the Burns.
1: Sorry. So let's just back off. You said that's not a promise. So Warren and Sanders have explicitly made those promises. Right. Um, Biden has chosen never to do it. Yeah. uh, Up until now. And Buttigieg didn't do it either. Right. Um, And it's concerning. It's concerning to the voter First off, to the voters on this cast, I don't know about Parker, but to the three currently discussing this issue, it's concerning because if if we can't get that hurdle, nothing matters. So you can go try to do Medicare for all. You can attempt to do public education grants uh, for, for college. You can attempt to do... Uh, an infrastructure bill, but it will never happen unless you can raise taxes responsibly. It cannot happen. And then if you do it irresponsibly, you deal with this fiscal bullshit that the Republicans have st- stewed up in this country for 20 years, even though every time they come into office, the deficit just all of a sudden doesn't matter. But that's neither here nor there. We should do this responsibly and we should understand what the impacts are to the federal uh, budget but you can't sit there responsibly voting as an individual wanting this stuff stuff done and not approach corporations with hat in hand asking them to pay more it's impossible the math will never work so that's why biden to me is the ultimate stopgap for like I mean, I've I, I said this, and I and I said it earlier, but Biden is just the reason why the wealthy will pay five to ten percent in ten years versus two to four percent right now in wealth tax. He's going to be the reason for it because inequality doesn't go away. So, what's the solution? Wealth distri- wealth redistribution will not become. Uh, no and void point uh, with Biden being in the office. Just one. I, yeah, I, I,
0: honestly, do you believe that that will be the case even if Bernie gets into office?
1: I think the fight will be a fight. And, and otherwise it
0: wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't even be a discussion. That's what you're saying. Wouldn't
1: be a discussion. Okay. I think with Warren and Bernie, it would be a fight. With Biden, it wouldn't even be brought up And what we need is a fight And then we can resolve it, right? It's like what we're dealing with right now Is people living in the same house Not wanting to discuss the, 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 the elephant in the room And if no one wants to discuss it What are we doing here? <laughs> you know? So that's how I feel
0: yeah, I just really want somebody to um, be on the ticket that can win in red states. That's what I want to win.
1: <laughs> no, I mean you're fight you're fighting an existential threat, threat which is obviously also very important. So yeah. I, I see it more as like <clears throat> the party now has a choice. We can either have a Warren, a Bernie, or whatever leads certain aspects of the next administration if we should win, right. or be on the ticket. Um. But Biden thinking and Wall Street thinking and billionaire supporters thinking that Biden getting elected is a win for their point of view, they're just wrong. None of this is going away. It's not. That the I agree that, with. That I 100% agree with. So it's, it's just like, okay, you can be short-sighted and think you bought yourself four years. But that four if years
0: that, is going to go by real quick when yeah.
1: shit starts hitting the fan. I
0: but
2: it's still, that. The, like, this inequality well, and then only accelerates. They, and then they fuck the problem up even more, and then, you know, in four years, we have another election, we get someone even worse than Trump, and he wins again by a landslide, like, Yeah, it's a no. It's exponential spot that we're in right now. But that's that's
0: also why it makes uh, those your state elections that much more important that come up this year. Because while while you do have
2: every election is critical. I mean, from here on out, like every single thing you get to vote on, you need to vote.
0: mm -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, whether it's saying. filling filling in the bubble that says you believe that every person should have equal rights (laughs) Yeah, as silly as that sounds like that's just as an important question when it comes to filling in the railroad commissioner that you're voting on for your state like they're all very important pieces that you your voice needs to be heard on uh I had a fun interaction with a like a someone working on a local campaign this year. They came to our door at like it was some ungodly early hour in the on like a Saturday morning. I was like, Jesus Christ, what are you doing yeah, here? they Hit
2: the pavement early.
0: Yeah, I'm like,
2: I <laughs> have a shift from like eight a.m. to ten a.m. I canvas for Bernie.
0: Willem, this was at like seven forty-five on a Saturday morning. <laughs> this lady shows up in my house. And I'm like. I opened the door. I was up, obviously, because my daughter is up, ready to watch some cartoons and eat some cereal. So I was like, I opened the door, and my dog's trying to get out, doing that whole thing. So I just finally just stepped outside on the front porch with her. And she's like, um, she's all like not nervous, but like nervous confident. I don't know how to describe it because she didn't want to tell me who her candidate like was and what she believed in. But she was yeah. like, oh, I'm "Representing this person," and she handed me the pamphlet, and I turned it over and just looked at the three bullet points. I'm like, "What we stand for in this campaign?" And I was like, "If these are the three bullet points, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna save you some time." She's got my vote. We, you know, it, you know, yeah. it, which congressional district is this in, or whatever. And we were talking it, because the three points were like, uh, "Meta." Uh, uh, insurance for everybody, like medical insurance for everybody, Medicare for all, basically okay. uh, uh, universal background checks. And uh, she like the, uh, the third bullet point was just calling out that she was part of the, uh, uh, mothers against school shootings. I forget what the, what the, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Math. It's the, uh, every Thursday or every Tuesday movement.
2: Something like no, that. And this was oh. like the, like no, you're th- th- every Friday you're thinking of, that,
0: that is the school shooting have. movement. That, there, there's one that's like literally like I'm tired of this shit movement. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm for that. Um, it was like mothers against not destructive decisions. It was fucking damn it. I'm pissed off that I can't. Anyway, what it boils down to is drunk shootings. We got it. Drunk shootings? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Specifically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, like that, those were her points. I was like, "I'm a good you. She got my support. Fantastic, great work. Thank you for doing this, and uh, I'll put this up in my on my refrigerator. She's like, "Do you want a yard sign in your yard?" I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't have a very big front yard, and I had one Beto sign up in my yard and." Literally every Democrat who's run in the last six years, I think, has stopped by my house and is like, can I put a yard? Like, we just had yard signs showing up in our yard before the last election.
2: <laughs> and I you're was, like, hell yeah.
0: I was like, what the fuck is this? And I had to do some, like, Googling on some of them because Texas Democrats, I just want to tell you right now, a Democrat is a, like, such a small byline in their big headline of, like, elect, you know, Johnson or whatever it is. It It's, like, in tiny, like, eight-point font. Democrat. So I had to, like, Google one one candidate who had their sign in my yard. I'm like, who the fuck is this? I'm like, oh, no, we're cool. We're cool. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> we're on the same page here. But, yeah, no, I was like... Uh, it's, Go ahead. No, Texas is very interesting when it comes to that. <laughs> it's super fucking weird. All right, uh, Willem, are we about to lose you?
2: Yeah, gotta get gone.
0: It is getting a bit late. uh. I, Frank, I didn't know if you had any more. I didn't know if we wanted to give Willem a formal sign-off.
1: Yeah, let's give Willem the sign-off. I've got one more.
0: Okay, uh, Willem, because it is that time of year, obviously we have to sign off correctly. <laughs> Willem, it was very fun having you on tonight and every night that you are able to join us. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Go ahead and uh, whatever, whatever, you, whatever final thoughts you have, hit, hit us with them now.
2: Uh, the only final thought I have, given all the political discussion, is that I do believe that Bernie can beat Trump. And you should, too. Villam and Tulsa, bye. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Talk to you guys later. You're hey, welcome. Hi. Sounds like we got a Bernie surrogate on the cast. Interesting, <laughs> interesting.
1: <laughs> Bernie surrogate cast. I I,
0: I... I, I am... I don't know what to say. I'm not for a lot of people who are going to be running on the ticket in November. I don't know if I should. I'm leave just it not. At ag- that.
1: I'm not against a lot of them. You know what? I'm you know?
0: really not for. I've said it on this cast before. I'm ageist as fuck. I admit that. But I'm ageist to the point where I don't like people who don't have the ability to change their thoughts. Um, that's what's what I don't like about old people. Uh, and while Bernie is incredibly progressive, he has shown a lack of ability to change the way he thinks on things or change Mm -hmm. the way he approaches things. And that's what annoys me. That's, that's the old old person coming out in him. And like Biden embodies that like in everything that he does, I feel like sometimes, uh, unfortunately I, I have a sinking suspicion that he would be the person who's left on the democratic ballot who could pull, um enough voters out for him to make Yeah, a I think
1: I think what you're what you're betting on there is just a centrist Yeah. It is it's, literally like it's Well it's, no not even. Like you're you're it's similar to someone voting for like a Bush Republican. It's it's
0: no with. it's like betting even and then also betting black at uh, roulette. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, "Mm, just gonna hedge our bets and make sure we got everything covered here. I just, I've got no issue
1: with what we're trying to do here. I, yeah, as a party, I understand why it's happening. Yeah. And for people who need, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna
0: say, for people who are having full on freak out fucking crisis moments on the internet. I want those people to like get some years on them and figure out exactly what the fuck is going on and realize that it's not. They will, and I know.
1: Like that's my hope. I don't know. It's it's just when, when when you when you think about this, right? Like at some point we're gonna have debates. There's gonna be a point where Trump's gonna say something really fucking stupid, and he's gonna try to blame this on Obama or talk about Biden and his son when. His own own son and daughter are way worse things. Yeah. So it's, it's, he's, he's a fully vetted president at this point. Right. And he's way worse than anything you could vet on Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders, whoever ends up winning. But what I think the party needs to be more concerned about is not that we're not going to run a qualified person, we will. And if we don't get enough votes, then fine. The country has chosen to go down the dictator path and dictator. we'll have to fight that. But yeah. until that happens, why are we concerned about it? Right. We need to present values and, and, and feature sets in a president that matter. And quite frankly, um, they include progressive movements. Like if you don't understand that college debt and the relief of that is one of the biggest stimulants you can give to the economy without having to go in perpetuity. Because we constantly give perpetual tax breaks to yeah to people. Mm-hmm. College debt relief is a one-time impact on the budget,
0: and it literally will have a Correct. spike in the economy. Not not a fucking I mean, it, and a spike that will not come back. No. I should say it's a a, a steep plateau.
1: Right. It costs a trillion dollars, two trillion, whatever. And then from that you free up people's ability to pay for everything else. Yeah. For the and, first ten years of their uh, life. Jesus. Exactly. And 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 not even just that, you give them the ability to make sure that their kids, because I wouldn't pass college debt relief without passing free college for all. Right. But Free college for all costs $120 billion a year. You know what costs $3 trillion over 10 years? A fucking sidewalk. A fucking F 35 Raptor. Yeah. So, yeah. If, I, I, if you can spend that on a fucking plane when planes are outdated in the Air Force, if you can spend three times the amount of a year's college tuition for everybody on that program, you can figure this out. I really just want to. And that. Good. Sorry, no, that's the most frustrating part to me. It's just, we're dealing with, when you when you talk about a socialist, quote-unquote, and Bernie Sanders, or socialist policies in Elizabeth Warren's camp, you're talking about government reallocation of funds. You're not talking about no, the talking government about- telling you <clears throat> to do shit. Uh, it's just, it is way more profitable for the government to make sure the society is educated and the society has medical uh, needs covered. Right. And if you don't believe in that, fuck you. I don't need to talk to you or deal with you. Your opinion is fucking wrong. Economically it's wrong. Right. Uh, Socially it's wrong. uh, And morally it's incorrect. So if, if you want to go down that path, just understand you're walking on sand, uh, quicksand. It's not something that is, is, is supported in anything but your own, right, fucked up uh, uh, ideology that you've been sold by your, I don't even know. It's the Republican Party, but it's like something else. <laughs> like, even the Republican Party wouldn't serve <laughs> this purpose 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. Here's
0: the deal. I have those views on um, <laughs> fucking relieving uh, college loan debt and making college free for all. I have that opinion as a person who uh, I think next month, by all accounts, I will have my college debt paid off. Like that I've paid off yep. myself, you know? And I'm all for yep. someone else not having to do that because it is a fucking yep. miserable experience for the first 10 years of your and, life and, to have that and,
1: over. And? And you're a, you're a human. Yeah. And you have, I understand, grown from your own experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand, oh, too. Yeah. Get- I don't tell my kid to go pull a fucking ox wagon to Oregon so that they can become a man today. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: No, it's not necessary. Like what's necessary to, Uh, uh, to get into a position, uh, like where you can take care of your family. Like you either need to have a trade that is irreplaceable, like I mean, fucking mechanic, welder, uh, linesman, like those things are fucking hard work and like necessary to move on. Uh, or you need to have an education that can show that you've invested in yourself with time and money. Uh, that it is trade specific. So whether it's financial education or uh, the ability to teach kids, whatever that may be, you've put in the time and effort. Like that's an investment. I feel like that's an investment that more people should have access to. And the other side of everything, like what you just said of like reallocation of funds, I come from uh, one, a military family where, that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I also have a lot of family members who work for, uh, aeronaut- like aero aerospace companies. And I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. But like my grandfather worked at, uh, general dynamics, which then turned to Lockheed Martin for like 30 something yep. years. And I've got a lot of family who work in the, in well, similar th- industries. Right, hold on. Wait one second. Just for those who don't know, general dynamics
1: built tanks. Go ahead.
0: They built tanks and aircraft. Um, and Lockheed Martin now builds aircraft. Sure, but
1: they, their main thing was actually the. Uh, I don't know what it's called in English, but what's that? Uh, mm-hmm. Barrel. <sighs> barrel of tanks. That's what they were known for. Even uh, still
0: today. Uh, I don't know about all that. Uh, my grandfather worked on the F 16 uh, airplane. <laughs> And that's yeah. what General Dynamics put no, out so, in the so, '80s and '90s. Uh, but sure, sure. The, sorry.
1: that's that's knowledge from my my grandpa worked for them in South Africa. Yeah, so, was, <laughs> I was gonna say it's
0: not like they're a one and done company. They're fucking global and no. huge. Uh, but like the so fun 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 story, the F thirty five Raptor or the F thirty uh, five at the time it wasn't called the Raptor. The the Raptor was noted to the F twenty two. And that was like, my grandfather showed me like in early renderings of both of the aircraft. And like, we got to go around prototypes of those aircraft. And though that time was um, <clears throat> the late nineties as uh, how long those aircraft have been yeah. around F 22 was scrapped for the F 35. That took the Raptor name sometime in the early two thousands. But like that shit's been around for a long ass time and there are still no flying models real quick. Those things have never seen combat like we still have F14 Tomcats No, they're
1: still being tested. F- they tried it in combat in Iraq and it failed.
0: <laughs> so get this, there's still F-4s uh well I think they got discontinued not too long ago, taken out of service not too long ago, but F-4s uh the uh, fighting phantom i think is what they were called uh they were flying tours in vietnam when my dad was there and <laughs> they got retired in the 2000s so yeah no cool f-35 yeah. is great wonderful it's great technology um but we've created like a thousand drones since then and those have seen way more contact in action and while all well, those because, things wait 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 brian doesn't have to go in them yeah <laughs> so, also why also, would you <laughs> Yeah. So the fuck are we doing here? Uh, but all that to say, like, I am all for allocating funds away from some ethereal projects that, uh, have taken 35 years to get, you know, there are 25 years to get completed. Um, and I'm all for taking a fraction of the money spent year over year for those projects and allocating them to better society by making it easier for people to succeed. I'm fine with that because with success of your neighbor becomes like it, it leads to your success in the end. Have you ever heard the term ah, a, "a rising tide lifts all ships"? Like that no, is, no, 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 uh, Brian, Brian, what, is I've it? only
1: heard of trickle down.
0: Well, when that water trickles down, it finally, if it trickles down fast enough and and with enough uh, uh, weight it will actually lead to rising all ships, uh, but it has to be a deluge instead of a little trickle.
1: Sure. It has to start at the bottom is what that means. <laughs> also that yeah. too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I'm just thinking of water. doesn't matter top or bottom and fucking the ship is at the top.
1: Yeah, always. sure. But I mean, the top's going to take something, whereas the bottom needs to spend all they can. Mm. So mm. it's, it does matter where it starts, but yeah. yeah, I mean, essentially it's, it's the, the argument here is not, it's not, that billionaires are bad. Okay. It is the system that allows billionaires to exist in the magnitude that they exist is bad. So if you look at wealth distribution worldwide in the history of mankind, yeah, Jeff Bezos ranks up there with Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan. I listen to,
0: uh, fucking fair enough. Genghis Khan,
1: um, (laughs) It ranks ranks up there with with the 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 most powerful autocrats of human history, same with Bill Gates. so if you want to equate what they're doing for society to their breadcrumbs that they drop- ar- along the way, which I call donations yeah. then you're you're simply fooling yourself within the structure of what's kind of average um, human capacity in society, right? Like capabilities for, for, for mankind in today's society um, is far less than when Bezos grew up, which was 40, 50 years ago. Um, So if we want to continue the trend of individuals, hyper-localizing and hyper-accumulating wealth at the top, then, sure, vote for Trump, vote for Biden. Um, if not, it doesn't really matter because at some point people are going to vote for Bernie. <laughs> so if, if you think you're avoiding it, you're not.
0: I will the story say, doesn't change. I will say. or a, The
1: inequality doesn't change.
0: Or a candidate that holds the same values as Bernie
1: yes which is warren so yes it's it's i i agree and and honestly brian i was casting my vote for elizabeth warren up until i stood in line at the polling location and i thought about what's the message right and the message when biden got all his tout was extreme in my mind yeah. because i see what's coming and i i call it the enemy at the gate right like King Arthur in the past, because if you can't see capitalism's enemy at the gate, you are fooling yourself. You are driving through neighborhoods that are worse off today than they were 10, 20 years ago. Every day it gets worse. You see more homeless people on the street. Every day you see more. If you think that doesn't have a consequence, you're fucking fooling yourself. And it's not on me. It's not on the other person. It's on you voting against the policy. Because if you don't want these people known, Biden, Trump, whatever, that's on you. I will, I will vote for Biden because there's other evils to be fought there. But if your policy is not centered in the advancement of that situation and the advancement of the receding of those enemies at the gate of capitalism, good luck. It's not changing. It's, it's not changing because you're not going to give them the ability to uplift themselves. You're not going to give them the ability to create their own wealth. You're not going to give them that stuff. Um, and worldwide, that's, that's the battle. You might delay it, but you're not avoiding it. At some point, the fact that capitalism has failed so many people is going to come home to roost. And you don't want to be rich at that point. (laughs) It's the same as the aristocracy. It's the same as the monarchy. It's just going to suck with some real bad consequences for some people.
0: I think the best tweet that I saw that uh, made me feel a little bit better about my vote was today, uh, maybe yesterday, somebody said, like, stop telling your daughters that they can be president if you refuse to vote for one, to vote for a one yep. president. That's what pissed me off. Because uh, of all the things that I uh, believe and stand for, like Elizabeth Warren like embodied majority of those. And not to say that the other candidates didn't, uh, but the fact that she did and she had plans mm-hmm. where others didn't, she had actions where others didn't, and she had a pedigree where others didn't. Like, honestly, her standing up to Banks and even having the, uh, the uh, basically, the, the hotline to call if you felt like you've been fucked over by Banks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, her advocating for that. Like, people got all butthurt. I don't know why. Like it was fucking nothing but greatness for us, the end user of
1: banks. Brian, Brian, Elizabeth Warren is in the past. So I've been here now for, sorry, I'm just counting real quick Mm -hmm. Four cycles. Okay. In those cycles, I don't think I've heard about a presidential candidate. Like it just, it's, it, it, she's so good at policy. Um, So, and it's, it's really unfortunate that it did not resonate. But so here's, Um, here's my question
0: to you directly, Frank. mm -hmm. I know you've said that you were going to cast your vote right up until the moment, but why not? Like if her
1: policies resonate so well, why not? Yeah. So unfortunately, unfortunately, at that point, for for Frank, it becomes a st- kind of statistical thing, right? So you vote for Warren. But, and right, then just a little you, while
0: ago, you said that it was a principal thing as well.
1: No, 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 su- sure. But I, I think principled Warren, principled Bernie, they're very much aligned. Right. There are very few things that separate the two. So I needed to decide. So, okay, so the thing about primaries, it's not actually a... Um, uh, so it's all statistics right so what you're dealing with is the party asks you a bunch of questions and then if you for a bunch of things they're going to go Biden supporters are for this Warren supporters are for that and then they vote for the party platform at the end and Biden supports what his supporters answered right so what I was thinking in my mind at that very moment was okay I understand Warren is a very strong female candidate that matters, but um, the message in the end, right. As a party needs to be represented. So I did not want to be in the situation where Biden could say, well, Bernie, if you look at it, um, your supporters were X, Y, and Z and X, Y, and Z and uh, we, we think we're going to be able to kind of pull the Warren supporters in or, or they just assume that they could pull in all the Warren supporters. Right. So I, I knew Warren was going to be non-viable. So I cast my vote as though she was um, just so I couldn't be grouped in with this. What is now the competition between Biden and Bernie to capture Warren's voter block? I wanted to be very clear from the beginning Uh, I am anti-Biden unless he's the end-all be-all and we have to vote for him because the progressive movement matters more than any one person or any one statement, right? That was my thought. Hmm. Yeah. And I, 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 I understand why you would through and through go Warren, which I was, my friend, I was. Seconds away from doing that, like uh, no, the I'm telling you, I picked up my ballot and I thought this vote matters more for the platform than it does the person, and, and the, I wanted to defend the platform. And the, that was me. Well, I understand
0: your the thought process, and I whatever it, it's it's in the past. It's like there's no. It, I cast my vote for Warren as well, understanding that the likelihood after two quote unquote major primaries were already complete because I, I did vote way early. I voted the first week of early voting in Texas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I understood like it is a proverbial long shot for this to happen. Uh, but I cast my vote with the understanding that like I wanted my vote to be heard no matter what. Uh, I know that the that the party line questions are kind of a ch- literal check the box like mm-hmm. i q test for people. um but at the same time, like I kind of refuse to for a primary at least, ever throw my hat into the statistical analysis piece because if that's the case, then why wouldn't I just wait until seven p m on the last date of voting? to cast my vote for the person, the, the candidate who's yeah. on the East coast.
1: And that's, that's a very, that's a very good point. I mean, I think I, understand I fell, why in, you did I fell it. into the trap because I missed early voting. Yeah. Um, and then I saw what happened this weekend. And honestly, I, I had a conversation with my wife and I said, I'm voting either Bernie or Warren based on the fact that I want the progressive movement to get support. Yeah. And then when this last fucking minute, no holds barred bullshit push came through, where they're like, oh, and X, Y, and Z prominent Democrat supports Biden. Um, when that whole bit came through, I was like, oh, shit. So I, I'm voting to make a point at this point. But it's your no point longer- is against
0: something that is literally driven by advertising dollars. Correct. I and, and the 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 thing I wanted to I, like the reason I even bring this up is because I, I try really hard to understand, and I know that you do definitely do not fall in this category in any way, shape, or form, Frank, but like yeah. I try really hard to understand the fact that people vote with uh, a thoughtful process like you just explained. Uh, but when you start looking at statistical analysis and you start listening to people as they regurgitate shit online, you quickly realize like maybe you didn't vote for someone who shared your political ideals because they... You don't think as highly of them, and if that's the difference between what like makes a viable candidate and a non-viable candidate, I don't know that we have the same thoughts in as far as party sure. go. You know what I mean? Like you, no, you sit here, right. and, and right. that's the part that kind of annoys me, and it doesn't. Like I'm not going to sit here and use hyperbole and say it sickens me to think that someone who does wouldn't vote for a woman because that's not the case. A lot of times That's people, not what it comes down to. No, a, a lot of times it comes down to people not fully understanding why they gravitate to someone versus uh, someone else. And some of that is introspection about like well why is it that I align more with Bernie when technically or you know it, it, it even it could be candidate X. Uh, so so I I
1: think it can be simplified. I think it can be simplified. So think about in golf terms, okay, or in sport terms. If you recall, Davis Love in 2003 was one of the top, well, number one golfer in the world, Mm -hmm. right? 2003, 2004. Uh, Davis Love was young. People thought, oh, wow, you know, competition, Tiger Woods. Gets an injury, never comes back. Uh, when Davis Love was number one, how many people identified Davis Love as their favorite golfer? Yeah, nobody, because Tiger Woods
0: was still fucking not fucking Denny's waitresses. Well, wait one second, one second. A
1: lot of people. Yeah, oh, A lot yeah, yeah, more, yeah, more people than identify Davis Love as their favorite golfer today, and he still golfs, okay? Yeah. So you're talking about Davis Love the third, with, though,
0: right? Because
1: Davis, yeah, Davis loves the third. But you're dealing with a competition that is not always based on performance or, or or policy. It's based on hype, right? So it's it's unfortunate that that such a large segment of society goes down the path of not really caring about what this person says and that's coming from an individual myself this next cycle and probably for the next 10 cycles who will never entertain a republican um it's it's the situation we face in this country that if you're not going to be social left the future is is more at stake because of the individuals you leave behind Right. than who you're trying to advance. So in my mind, center and center-right will not be an option for me because of what I believe and what I see economically and the movement society is making um, for at least a decade, if not two. And it's, it, I, I don't need to watch Trump I don't need to watch Fox News. What I need to look at is the Bureau of Labor Statistics and their wage growth numbers and the Fed and what they're talking about in their page book, right? Like, this is where I get my information from to vote. And I understand not probably a lot of people don't do that. Um, and 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 it's unfortunate because that tells you more about what you need to do to vote than what Joe Biden is going to tell you.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I, it, it's going to be, I not feeling great. Honestly, I'm just not, it is what it is. I know, uh, my my yeah, candidate has, for railroad like early, commissioner in I mean, the state of Texas lost uh, her primary. I'm fucking bummed about that.
1: I voted for her. Which one? I voted one? for her because she was the only female in that whole Oh, no, there were two race. females,
0: my friend. There were two females for railroad commissioner in the Democratic primary. Which one would you vote for, Stacy or Kelly? There's only one right answer here.
1: What was the last name? I don't fucking know. I just remember first names. I'm gonna be honest with you. No, because
0: I voted by last name. <laughs> Sorry, uh, no, I vote so,
1: by. So my my okay. Uh, it, this is really shallow, but it's not. Uh-huh. Um, my my go-to mantra in voting is Oops. if I don't know the race, which I know a lot of people sit it out, but I also believe that females in government do good work and they are way less emotionally charged than men are because they've been facing this shit their whole lives um, I vote for a female and if I can uh, if if there are two female females facing up I vote for the minority female which I normally do based on last name I know I know might not be straight up yeah, but that's, that's, that's not-
0: that's real sketchy, you know? unless we lived in 1940s America. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I think it's not that sketchy. It's like, I mean, it's, it's pretty, sketchy. pretty uh, obvious for the most part, <laughs> I guess. Uh, unless you think about what you just said, and you're voting for a female, and in America, in today's oh, age, damn it, people, damn it. females tend Bright, to take. Right, I don't their, need
1: you punching holes in this theory. Yeah, f-
0: females tend to take their husband's last name or their uh, even. <laughs> Motherfucker, you're yeah. right.
1: You are totally right. And I thinking did not, even not, think not, about that. not
0: discounting that uh, some females. Uh, may take their partner, may keep their last name, or they may keep... Wait, if
1: they take their partner's last name, that's a double vote. I would go to the poll station twice. But how do you
0: know that? Because why would you know that from a name? Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah Sam, all these holes are... Just, you're, you're Swiss cheese over here. No, the reason I vote I voted for Kelly, RIP Kelly's campaign, uh, was because she quoted... Uh, a Beatles song in her voter four one one uh quiz. And they were like, what song do you have stuck in your head? And she said, you say you want a revolution. Well, yeah, so she
1: was a Bernie aligned Democrat. That's no, great.
0: Well, no. And
1: she also brought light to
0: the fact that the railroad commissioner is not someone who just is in charge of choo-choos, but they are also in charge of oil and gas, oil and gas and emissions throughout the state. Yeah. And I was
1: like, so oh, no, I mean, makes sense. in all honesty, Brian, I want to, thank you for bringing to light the fallacy in that notion because mm-hmm. i've been voting that way for mm-hmm. 6 years now yeah it's terrible um, no, you should definitely change that no <laughs> it really isn't it really isn't i mean
0: you should probably so just do better I, research instead of just going off of last days at the polling
1: station 100% yeah. 100% 100% it is difficult to get super involved in the okay so this last ballot had 35 items for your
0: for your play for your polling station mine yeah. had like i think 12
1: it is so hard <laughs> no, <laughs> to yeah. go through 35 platforms mm-hmm. so the league of women women voters is good but they don't allow you to actually take paper into the polling station like you can't just like tick marks based on it so kind of have to memorize it mm-hmm. um i yeah, so I'm ashamed now, and wow. I, I will do a better job of being a better informed citizen in the down-ballot races, but um, it will not change my overall philosophy. Uh, America is a place where capitalism has failed, um, and it has not failed to produce wealth. It has failed to make wealth av- available to the least able to garner wealth in society, and that's not been the case And it's early founding. uh, And then it became the case. And then we broke up those monopolies. And then it wasn't the case again for a little bit. And then it became the case again. Um, And it's a cycle. And if we don't want to do trust busting and we don't want to do monopolistic uh, 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 deconstruction and we don't want to go through that whole business, then just keep voting for Republicans and they'll run up your deficit and people will get wealthier that aren't you (laughs) and they're not. Anybody you know, because there's like 30 of them, um, and we can play that game. But it's, it's, it's not going to change the bottom mass voter game, uh, and it's, it's not going to change your reality. So uh, maybe your taxes go up 1% or go down 1%, but significantly, you'll stay the same. You'll just have less and pay more. So <laughs> you know I'm I'm well really yeah. do what? No, I said it really is that simple. It's not yeah. economics at its core is always supply and demand. And always, always based on who's willing to pay for what. Well, you if know, you don't have money, you can't buy any of it anyways. <laughs> so who cares?
0: <laughs> well you know who's always supplying great content on the internet? Nobody Left Behind. You know who's always demanding it? You guys. And we greatly appreciate it.
1: boy okay. Yeah.
0: You like that segue out of this piece? Okay. I'm going to tell you, that is some quality content. Yeah. Con- content. Uh, That's right. Thank you all for listening to this episode as well as all the other episodes of Nobody Left Behind. Be sure you rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I would say go uh, rate and review on uh, Apple Podcasts, but uh, I can only do that so many times. They really start monitoring the number of logins you have, uh, Apple IDs you have. So I um, need some other people to go out there and help me out. And uh, if you're on Stitcher and you can figure out how to rate and review on Stitcher, send us a message on our on our uh, uh, social media platforms at no Beer Left Cast on Twitter and Instagram, at NBLB Beer on Twitter as well. Let us know how you do it because uh, I still haven't figured it out. I've been on Stitcher for fucking like 10 years and I still can't figure out how to operate that shit. They've changed a lot and I've gone to other platforms, but I've had it loaded on my computer or my phone, I should say. So it's a whole thing. Anyway, uh, thank you again until next week for Brian in
1: North Texas. I'm out. All right, Brian, just want to give you a heads up. You are exactly... One year from being inaccurate on the Stitcher. So you were a super early adopter on Stitcher. Uh, I believe that's because it came with the Android phone as a standard app back in the day. Well, no. even.
0: I was a big uh, uh, Joe Rogan fan, and the only way I can um, listen to the Joe Rogan podcast is on Stitcher on my Android phone.
1: So maybe in 10 years we'll be as famous as Joe Rogan. No. You know. can be an early adopter of the cast. Also, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um, I know Brian is often, often on this cast said Thursday, and Willem actually has reiterated this, Thursday's depressing because it's like one day ahead of Friday, which I absolutely agree with. Um, So for you guys having to go with Friday, tomorrow, and if you're working, right, this Thursday night, it sucks. Who cares? Uh, Just wait a couple days. It'll be Saturday. I'm out.